Welcome. You are listening to Intentional Conversations from Nika White Consulting, an encore presentation of our weekly podcast where we intersect diversity, equity, and inclusion with leadership and business. Let the conversation begin. I always, every single week, you all know this if you've been with us, I always take the time to read the official bio of our guest co-host. That's really important to me because I want you to know all of the accolades, the credentials, the experiences um, in which our guest co-hosts show up to our conversation. And so today will be no different. And I am so honored and thrilled to have Dawn Christian to join me, and I'm going to share her bio with you. Dawn Christian is the CEO and founder of Belong by Dawn Christian. She is an expert at leading belonging and ideas initiatives through counseling executive leaders and teams, leveraging her proprietary framework of ethos-driven leadership principles, creating organizational cultural strategies, and integrating industry best practices. Dawn is a fellow at the Institute of Coaching at McLean Hospital, Harvard Medical School. She holds an MBA from Cornell University, a BA in sociology from the University of California at Berkeley, and a diversity inclusion leadership certificate from Cornell University's International Labor Relations School. She is also a Bowman Foundation certified mental health and wellness practitioner and a fellow at the Institute of Coaching at McLean Hospital, Harvard Medical School. She is the president of the PRSA Board of Trustees and a founding member of the Gathering Spot DC, which is where we were able to meet up just last week. It was a treat for me. Thanks, Dawn, for making time for me. She's also a member of Forbes Black, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, my sister, yes, and a legacy member of Elevate Fortune Forte Foundation Inroads and Management Leader for Tomorrow. Dawn graduated from the Shine Hard Legacy Accelerator Program and the McKinsey Black Executive Leadership Program. Her board appointments and civic and community memberships have included the Insights Association and Ideas Council Board of Directors. Dawn Christian is a sought-after speaker, an ideas advisor, a coach, a podcast contributor. You may have seen her work or heard her speak at the Wall Street Journal, Forbes Black, the Forum on Workplace Inclusion, Diversity Executive Forum, Cornell University, Johnson Graduate School of Management, MBA Chick Insights Association, and the Idea Summit. Podcast community, you know what to do at this time. Find those emojis, find those reactions, find whatever sentiments and affirmations that you can think of. Place them into the chat, into the comments to help me to welcome our guest co-host today so that she knows that we really appreciate her time. We appreciate all of her insight that we know is going to provide for rich conversation today. And we are just really, really grateful. And so thank you for being here, Dawn. I, um, I am, I'm so glad that it worked out for your calendar to accept our invitation. And before I will turn it over and let you greet this audience in your own way, I want to ask you one of the traditional questions that we present to our guest co-hosts every week, which is, now that we've read your bio, now that we can go to your LinkedIn profile and we can read a little bit more about you, can you share something with us that we would not know from being able to reference your bio or your LinkedIn profile? Welcome, my friend. (laughs) Hi. Hi, everyone. And hi, Dr. Nika. This is an honor. Just seeing everyone in the chat, seeing all these faces. I honor your time and your space today. So thank you so much for queuing in today. One thing I think um, you would not know from a bio, but you would certainly know um, if you knew me, is that I am absolutely, positively obsessed with the Prince Rogers Nelson. Um, So I am just a huge Beyond fan. And I think a lot of that has to do um, with the genius, um, with the authenticity before we were using these words. Um, Even when he went to being the symbol, the intersectionality of being and the way that he (laughs) really took on the music industry um, before we were all talking about equity, before we were all kind of in those words, when he wrote that word slave across his face and folks didn't quite understand what that meant, um, you know, he showed up and he showed out and we have something in common. We're the same height. 
I'm Fasa too. Um, so he also represents that a whole lot of power comes in small packages. So rest in peace, rest in power, um, sir. But I think that's probably one of the things that know that you wouldn't know um, from a bio, but you certainly would know if you knew me. I absolutely love that. And so while we have identified as we've been getting to know each other better, um, certain common areas that we that we share, um, I was not aware of that one until you just said it. So I too absolutely love Prince. I tell this story in small circles every so often, but my husband and I fell in love to Prince. He would pick me up back in high school in his black RX-7. He would always have Prince playing. And so to this day, Prince is like such a, a iconic um, symbol, um, no pun intended, to like our, our the our you know maturity of our relationship. So it's just beautiful, and we had a chance to see him before he passed away when he came to Greenville, South Carolina. And I see someone in the chat also shared that as well. But he is amazing. So yeah, thank you for giving us that moment. Yay, Prince! I, I'm a big fan too. Thanks so much. Okay, so I jump right in because I know that you have so much that you're going to be able to contribute to this conversation just through your your wealth of experience. But can you tell us more just to kick us off about your DEI journey? What inspired you to start Belong by Dawn Christian? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with the first part of that question, which is what inspired my DEI journey? And yeah. so when we say DEI, I know this community, a lot of folks in this community know what those letters mean, but let's not assume and make sure that we know we're talking about what we're talking about. So for us, um, it is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I address it as ideas, which is inclusion, diversity, equity, access and accountability. So my A stands for two things, and we can get into that, and social consciousness. And so um, whichever way you take the letters um, and, and use them, the way that I got started is by uh, May 4th, 1978, being born as I am as a black female and the lived experiences that I have um, been exposed to both professionally and in my personal life, every inch of it, it is not only a practice, it is um, what I believe, what I breathe and what I, I practice as a family member. I'm a wife and a mother of a blended family. Hey, y'all, hey. I'm also <laughs> um, a grandmommy or like I say, Gigi. Um, and so I think now at this point, this journey is a life's, um, lifelong, life's blood kind of thing that I've done. I also want to give head nod, and I think he may be um, listening today, but Dr. Christopher Metzler, um, who established the um, DEI certifications at Cornell University and also at Georgetown University, um, and now uh, we've had the pleasure of working together, he um, has by doing so has allowed for me and many others to become um, even more steeped in the practice of DEI. Um, what had me start Belong by Dawn Christian is a love letter to myself that came in the form of a business um, that I should be able to show up just as I am in any situation and not have to be performative or pull back or present something that has never been in order to be seen as a leader. And so this business and this conversation that we're going on today is my love letter to myself that I get to write to each one of you every day and through the work that I do here. I love that, Dawn. I just placed into the chat. Note to self. This is for me, but it's for each of you as well. Write that love letter to yourself if you haven't already. You're already inspiring us and we're only just a few moments in. Um, and so, yes, I'm so glad that you introduced um, the guest that's here with us today that has established that certification program. It has become um, a go-to resource for many people looking to build up their skills and do it within community around this broad space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I am certified through the Institute for Society of Diversity, um, but they, there's so many programs out there that I, I love that you are giving me an opportunity really to amplify the, the value of them. And uh, Dr. Sierra is here with us. I mentioned 
mentioned her in the beginning as I was talking about who's going to be coming up in future weeks. And she said, it's the, it started when I was born for me. Yes, indeed. I agree. I agree. I love that. Okay. So I want you to talk to us about the connection point between leadership, wellness, and belonging. The connection point is that belonging is a human need. We all have it. It, it starts from the day we start. Um, and so it centers humanity. And leaders, effective leaders, center humanity. Um, wellness is centered in humanity. We now have the word psychological safety. We now have the word mental health and wellness. And I'll shout out another person that may be in the audience that we all know, um, Natasha Bowman. Um, I, I want to shout her out for elevating wellness in the workplace, which also is where my certification comes from. Um, but these things, belonging is a leadership competency, and that is what we're going to get into today. If you do not know what it means not only to have a sentiment of belonging, but to foster and, and to cultivate it, then hi, this is what we're here for. This is what ethos-driven leadership is about. And that is that connection. That is beautiful. I love that. Um, belonging is really it's the outcome of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I love that it has um, taken center stage in the, the broad conversation of DEI because it deserves that. You referenced a mutual friend, um, Natasha Bowman. So by the way, Natasha is coming up as a guest co-host on Intentional Conversations podcast. But um, you may recall this audience when I was reading um, Dawn's bio, I indicated that she is a Bowman Foundation certified mental health and wellness practitioner. And so Natasha certainly has um, created great level of awareness around the value of, of bringing into workplace conversations the need for well-being and mental health. And so I, I'm, I'm so grateful to amplify her work and to know that the two of you are connected doing this work together. Um, so you said that belonging is a human need, and it is. I just want to take this quick second. And so so many of you probably have heard me say this before because I believe it, um, I believe it so deeply. But here's the thing. When we think about belonging, no one can show up at their best in any environment, no one, regardless of their demographics, if they are always questioning whether or not they belong. Do I belong here? Am I seen? Am I valued? Am I heard? Do I have full opportunity for success, right? If people are questioning those things, they are not showing up at their best. And that becomes really important when we consider that we need each of us, all of our superpowers, all of our differences, right, in order to be able to show up at, at our best as a society. And so I, too, am a big fan of um, centering belonging as part of what we need to be um, instructing people around how, how to do that with like psychological safety and some of the other things you mentioned before. Um, and I just wanted to bring that to the conversation. Now, so Janika, if of, I could just lean please. in on that just a little bit more. Yeah. And also at Belong by Dawn Christian and through our work, we believe and we wholeheartedly support that belonging becomes that intervention. Right. Yes, so there's yes. going to be these yes. moments where you're trying to understand how do I get a more connected team? How do I get someone to really show up and be more entrepreneurial, be more, bring more of themselves to um, this problem, to our team, to the to creating these widgets, what have you? Well, that can't happen if you can't show up. Right. right. You're right. going to be holding something back. You're going to be fearful about taking the risk and bringing an idea that has never been brought to the table. And so belonging wow. truly becomes that intervention that brings more agility, more um, nimbleness, and just honestly, the word that a lot of folks, especially that have um, intersectional identities, I thrive, I thrive with anxiety <laughs> and depression. Yes. Um, and I say I thrive with it because sometimes you hold that back, right? But if I don't bring all of that to the table, you're not getting the best of what Belong by Dawn Christian can bring. If I can't show up and talk about what it's like for me to show up, no. God forbid another um, 
and they're always happening, but another event happens and you're crying because you just saw someone that looks exactly like you, your husband, your brother get killed on national television. And then you try to go to work and act like you're okay. Longing becomes the intervention that allows for you to say, Hey, Hey, I am here today, or maybe I'm going to slightly have to pull back today because I'm processing this, which was real for a lot of us. And I'm sitting in front of you today right now, just so that we're clear, if I take a sip of water, if I take a little bit of a break, but I'm sitting with you right now on day six of recovering from COVID. Mm. It's the first time I've had COVID. I think it's important for me to bring that up because I think a lot of times we show up and we act like we're okay. And that's mm-hmm. not honest. That's not authentic. Mm-hmm. Getting on podiums and asking people to bring their authentic selves into spaces. And then we're not even telling the truth, sitting, and I'm working from my home, sitting in my home, connecting with all of you. I'm blessed. I'm doing well. I have my family support. I see some of them on there. If you see Tiffany <laughs> Christian, that's my little baby. That's my, that's my, um, my grandson and, and my um, daughter. But um, just so that you all know, bring yourself. They cannot accommodate yeah. what doesn't show. Never will. I love that. Never. I so love that. So, so hi to Tiffany and your grandbaby. Um, and so speaking of authenticity, I love the fact that that Tiffany has the grandbaby and it's on camera because that is her, that's her experience right now. She's mom. And sometimes we shy away from doing things of that nature. So it really was a great segue to kind of amplify that authenticity point. And Dawn, I'm so glad that you're doing well while you are getting through, you know, COVID. Um, and and be sure to continue to take care of self as much as you need to. If you need to pause, if you need a break to kind of catch your breath, to take a sip of water, we welcome that. And um, and I think it's so important. And I appreciate you sharing that with this community because so often we will just press through, press through, right, without any type of um, acknowledgement of of what our needs are in that moment. And so I'm sure you were very calculated and saying, I feel okay. This is day six. I can show up, but if I need to take a break, I'm going to do so um, as to not deny myself of whatever my needs are. And I think that's so important as part of your platform and your message. And I just love it. So, so thank you. Thank you. I, um, I want to lean in a bit more on belonging as an intervention, because that is, that is so good. It is so good. And here's what I would tag onto that. While it is an intervention, I want us to also see it as prevention, right? (laughs) Prevention of people having to become burnt out, become traumatized by a toxic workplace or um, to feel excluded, to be the victim of, um, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, which we know (laughs) relates to bias and microaggressions. And so um, as, as you were talking about it as an intervention, it certainly is. But let's also gravitate towards being so proactive about creating those spaces of belonging for all that it becomes preventative um, in a sense of people not feeling like they can show up whole and they can drive at their best. And so um, I, I wanted to amplify that. I want you to talk now about your ethos-driven leadership. This is um, a, a framework that you have created. And tell us about what made you formulate it. What does it entail exactly? And what are you seeing the results of it, um, having put it into practice? Yeah, thank you for that. Ethos-driven leadership is really about navigating from inside to connect externally as a leader. Mm. Oftentimes, when we see leadership development, we see the performative approach of what it means to be a leader. Yeah. We've heard it. I try to, I steer away from saying it, but that leader leadership presence. What is that? Yes. Right? What yes. is that? I don't even know what that is. Right. But and it also underscores presenting versus being. And so mm. ethos driven leadership is a framework. Ask four core questions based off of four core themes. And those questions, those those core um, themes are purpose. Your purpose is not your productivity. If you join a cohort, and if you come along on the journey, we'll unpack that a little bit more. But your purpose is not your productivity. The question that we're asking at the root of it is, what matters to you? 
How many of you are showing up in places and being performative and it doesn't even matter to you? Mm. It's your check. It might even be your livelihood, but it does not matter to you. Needs. What motivates you? Every day you go in, you put in a 60, 90 hour work week. Does it matter? What are your needs? What motivates you? Your beliefs, your beliefs, your rooted beliefs, what are they? Do you know? Again, we're asking people to show up and be their authentic selves, but then our beliefs and how we're showing up and how we're speaking are disconnected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then your influence. This has as much to do as the influence that you want to have as to what is influencing you. And that question that underlies there is what holds you accountable? Mm. So when we know our purpose, our needs, our beliefs, and influence, when we know that, then we're able to show up authentically. Those will help you to define your ethos. What we do on our mission through the ethos-driven leadership framework is to allow for you to develop your own ethos-driven leadership statement that will evolve with you, your influence, and your leadership. But it will also be your North Star. It will be your North Star. I'm just sitting with that for a moment because I think it deserves for us to really take that in and process it. Um, your purpose is not your productivity. That that stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, because we live in a society right now where I feel like being busy equates to productivity. And for some, it does equate to this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my purpose. And oftentimes it's not, Dawn. And so I love that this framework centers people interrogating their lives, their practices, their habits around um, those key questions. And so I hope I've captured them correctly. I placed them into the I chat. So. I think you did. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, okay. You get an A. <laughs> I get an A. I get an A for Dawn. That means a lot. No, that's 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 beautiful. Um, and so I hope that we are all really reflecting on this and thinking about these questions for ourselves and uh, and letting that kind of guide us, you know, into um, living more authentically instead of just kind of going through motions and, and feeling like that is what we're supposed to do, right? Um, if I could just give a teeny tiny, just really quick story you can. on where this came from. Um, it's a, it's, I'm going to tell it in a short version, and um, but it was a huge impact on me. Um, my youngest son is six years old. When I was seven and a half months pregnant, with him. His name is Chase. Um, I was on an international global team for a billion dollar organization. Mm -hmm. um, I was what was considered ger a geriatric pregnancy as a black woman. Um, and I was having some, some complications, couldn't breathe. Um, mm -hmm. I was supposed to be presenting to, I think either New Zealand or, or New Zealand or Australia. And I texted my boss and said, Hey, just so you know, I'm on my way to the hospital. I'm not going to be able to make it. His response to me was, can you send the slides before you go? I had made, I had launched a billion dollar product with this organization, a biotech pharma organization. And this was the response. So when we navigate these questions, Right. And I saved the text. Right. And when I said when I sent it back and I told our superior, they said he didn't mean it that way. I said, well, how do, what do he mean? Because it was in writing. And my husband had to rush me to the hospital. Thank you so much. He's here, too. They had to rush me there. But the psychological impact of that going back to that team, finishing up my term before going on maternity leave and still wondering and worrying about keeping my seat there, right? Yeah. This is why we need to ask ourselves these questions because you can very well show up in a place and contribute and make a lot of money doing it. But that in that moment, they didn't care about my life or my unborn child's life mm -hmm. or effectively my family at a healthcare company. And that is when the awakening for me to start the Lawn by Dawn Christian, he's six, 
we've been around for almost five years. That's <laughs> when this oriented this this really was um, inspired for me. And I, I think just sharing that, um, I hope inspires other people, especially working caregivers um, to reevaluate from their ethos. Absolutely. I'm so sorry that that was your experience. Um, I am grateful that it led you to such a decision, though, to start your own company, because um, what I have come to understand about your platform, your work, and even what you've shared in this conversation, I do think that is making a difference. And, um, you know, the silver lining is what I'm choosing to focus on. But thank you for sharing that, because I'm sure there's some others who are sitting back probably able to share similar stories and maybe they haven't yet taking um, any type of, 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 of action to get themselves um, out of a situation that could be compromising their health or their well-being in any capacity. And so thank you so much, Dawn. Um, for those of you who are really finding what Dawn is sharing um, to, to be you know, resonant with you, um, we have placed into the chat where you can text belonging to 66866 to connect and receive 10% off of Dawn's upcoming cohort. There's also a PDF that's been shared into the chat and um, with a little bit more additional information. And so let's go and talk about that a little bit further because um, this, this cohort that you're launching, it's called Be Leadership Executive, if I'm not mistaken, right? So who is your ideal cohort member and what are the perks of joining? So give us just a little bit more information about this opportunity. So there are actually two cohorts, and that okay. is also intentional. So there is a B Leadership Executive Cohort, and then there is B Seen. And so the B Leadership Executive Cohort is for that person that has been in a leadership position for probably 10 years plus right? Mm -hmm. uh, you could be a creative, you can have your own business, but this is really for someone who has been in active leadership for probably about a decade plus. Um, and then the Be Seen cohort, which also follows the ethos-driven leadership framework, is for the ascending leader. And notice that I'm saying ascending. We're not creating leaders. You have influence. We yes. are amplifying and reimagining leadership through belonging and through the ethos-driven leadership framework. And so for this group, this is more someone that probably has I don't know, done all the things, probably looking at myself and I'll give my own probably age range, not this is not a given age range <laughs> for any group, but I was probably, I don't know, 27, 28, came out of a top business school, had, you know, billions of dollars of productivity and other things that I have done. And I'm kind of questioning, do I go this way or that way? Yeah. And does yeah. anybody else, is anybody else kind of experiencing this? And then what we do is a capstone and it's intentional because we are working in intergenerational, intersectional spaces, um, is that our capstone intersects the two communities. Notice mm -hmm. that the, the ascending leaders group is called Be Seen. Yeah. You all, if you're in this group, and especially over the past few years with the impact of COVID and just working from home, and some of us didn't even finish our degrees in real life, you are seen. You're in social media, you have a presence, but how do you connect with someone that may be two or three generations beyond where you are and thinks mm -hmm. that connecting and having an influence at work is the conversation at the water cooler or going yeah. to this happy hour. We call it be seen because we wanna speak about where you are in your evolution of defining where your leadership is. Now, when we yeah. flip that, for those that are that are going to join the um, B Leadership Executive Cohort, this is about you've been in that leadership role, but who's checking for you and who's checking mm -hmm. with you? Yeah. How are you yeah. holding yourself accountable? You've been doing all of these things that got you into the C-suite or into that director position or wherever it is right? So you're used to that performative piece. Mm -hmm. You're used to showing up and representing something, but where do you go for your psychological safety and for your community? And by connecting the two, we're creating a broader sense of community that the underscoring of it is sponsorship. 
Mm-hmm. And sponsorship is about taking that influence, taking that influence and putting it in the way of a purpose. Yeah. Really putting something about your resources and your influence in the way of progress. So for a lot of the folks that are in the B scene group, we don't even know where to look for a sponsor. We're over mentored and under sponsored. This is yeah. the community in which you find that. For those in the executive lens, we need spaces to unpack and not know all the answers with a group of folks that get it, right? And then we also want to be moving and evolving what spaces look like. And so this work that we do together allows for us to reimagine leadership, reimagine our own leadership, and influence across organizations, across industries by discovering and implementing our ethos-driven leadership. I know that was packed. I know it was, but I wanted to make sure that we're talking about the community that we're often Mm -hmm. looking for and cannot find that is also a result of being part of a cohort. Yeah. And we know that community is so important. So going through this experience um, with others can also be part of the value. Um, Over-mentored and under-sponsored. I, yeah, that, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, in fact, you know, for those of us who are kind of in this space, we know that there's a keen distinction between, you know, a mentor and a sponsor. A sponsor has a very specific role and function to ensure that whoever it is that they are supporting, that that person is being um, presented with opportunities that can lead to upward mobility, right? And so um, I love that you brought that to the conversation and the be seen. To me, I equate that to... Um, taking up space. And I know that particularly for Black women, women of color in a workplace, that can be hard for us, right? So I appreciate the notion of um, providing some some strategies and tools to help women to feel more comfortable taking up space as their authentic selves. And so this this is great. Um, One other quick note, our communities are built for any any gender identity. So while um, I'm a woman and we support women, Mm -hmm. um, we this is an intersectional intergenerational space. And so we do make space for any gender, any identity to show up in these cohorts. That is that is good to know. And how how long does the cohort? How long is the program? So the um, executive cohort is estimated, given any holidays or what have you, for about 10 weeks. And the BCN program, we spend a little bit more time with y'all. That one's about 12 weeks. Um, and then the capstone is integrated towards the end. So we align those two. Um, so every um, cohort gets cross-pollinated. And then we have an annual event where we bring the entire community together as well um, in a um, capstone event. It's a, a, a more of a, um, a summit event um, for those of us that have communi- uh, completed the cohort. Thanks yeah. for working with me as I got that out. Um, no, but if you text us, if you text us now, um, and I think that's in the chat, I'll drop it in there again. Mm-hmm. Um, for this community, we are offering 10% off October enrollment. So um, text us, we want to get in contact with you if you have any questions, um, but also we want to make sure that you um, get that promo code. We'll have some materials dropped in the, the chat as well, um, and a one-pager and some other things so you can reference that as well. Great. Fantastic. That is all in the chat for each of you. So at this time, I want to alert our audience, whether you're LinkedIn Live or whether you're here as part of our Zoom podcast community, that I'm going to be shifting momentarily to take your questions and contributions. If you're here in the Zoom community, you can let me know that you're willing to uh, be a part of the discussion by using the raise hand feature. And that lets me know that um, at the appropriate time, I can invite you to unmute yourself and share directly. And we will also bring you into the spotlight. Um, If you're just inclined to maybe submit your question or comments directly into the chat, you can do that. We're paying close attention. And of course, if you're on LinkedIn Live, you can go to the comment section and present your question. We'll bring that over into this Zoom community. And so I, while you're percolating, maybe on your curiosities or your contributions you want to share, I'm going to go to the next question for Dawn. And Dawn, this is really just about the future state of DEIB in general. So I want to, from your vantage point, have you share with this community, what's your 
um, perceptions about the field of DEI? Is it trending in a positive direction? Is it trending in a negative direction? You know, what is it that you have um, seen or noticed from a growth perspective or from a challenge perspective that we all who care deeply about this work need to, to have in our consideration set and be mindful of? Yeah, so um, I'll start with where I think a lot of us and a lot of the kind of redirect of what's happening on um, the origin story uh, uh, for a lot of us on this is the um, Supreme Court in decision. So I say in decision <laughs> because um, the way that you are, that you hear things or the way that even some media or interpretations can be, um, that wasn't actually a, a fully decided decision. And also had absolutely nothing to do with the legalization of um, of teaching or supporting DEI. Um, it has been interpreted as so. It has been leveraged as a talking yeah. point um, for those that I'm just not even going to mention um, to to capitalize on and to misinform us as to what happened um, in the Supreme Court decision. Um, so, trending wise, there has been an effect right? That it feels like because people have said so, or because people have misled, mm -hmm. that it is somewhere illegal, right? Yeah. Or it is unable to, we are unable to fully practice DEI. And for some, in some school districts, there's been definitely some implications, yeah. but just wanted to make sure that that Supreme Court decision did not make that legal or illegal, to be yeah. very clear. Now, what yeah. local governments and school districts have done, that's different, right? Um, and so while there have been negative effects because of the interpretation of what the Supreme Court indecision has been, um, I am one, just like when I told my own lived um, experience about uh, my pregnancy, take that and turn it in to a stepping stone for purpose. Now that you're paying attention to me, now that you're hearing um, that there is a conversation that is wanted or has been left off the table or has not been included, now that I have your attention, now let's do this. Yes. Call it what you need to call it. We as practitioners <laughs> right. will call it DEI, but this is about humanity. That's the word I used when we began. Mm -hmm. There is no way that we are not practicing whether we're practicing yeah. it well or otherwise, there's no way that we are not practicing what it means to be diverse. We are all different. That's what that word means. It does not mean people of color, women, and those over there. The word means different. My mother was an English teacher. I come from a long line of educators. Let's call the words what they are. Yeah. Equity is the rigorous practice of fairness. As a leader, if you are not rigorously looking at the who has and who doesn't and what we can do to adjust that and what the origin story is for that fairness to exist or not exist, then pause on calling yourself a leader. But let's mm -hmm. get into the details of what it means to create equity, not equality, that we're yeah. en route to equality with equity, but let's do the work of understanding why that exists. And then inclusion, if you show up, you are there, but being included goes beyond having a seat at the table, which is why belonging continues right. the conversation and is part of the leadership competency that we need to develop because you can be included in the room Mm -hmm. But you may have to cut in a little bit and I'll, I'll head nod to in my head. She's my auntie Maxine Waters reclaim our time that when we are in the room. Or as I might need to say for our vice president, Kamala Harris, excuse me, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. a difference between included and belonging and having the ability to show up without retribution, which is psychological safety right. in these spaces, you are practicing whether you are aware of it or not. 
Head nod again to those who have formalized the practice and who are actively practitioners. But I know, Dr. Nika, that you don't care what they call it. Do the work. Yes, we talked about that at lunch last week. I don't care what you call it. Just do the work and do it well, right? If that helps you to be able to not abandon the work, then okay, then don't abandon the work and call it whatever, but just do the work. Yeah. And I think that this reimagining period that a lot of organizations are having to go through is um, is just because of 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 how people are starting to settle in to the, the decision and make their own interpretations about what that means. But what I have um, said oftentimes is that I think this period of time post the decision is going to allow us as practitioners, maybe even others that are champions and advocates of this work to very clearly separate those who were doing this for reasons none other than performative versus those who really deeply care about the work. Because right now they have a crutch, they have an excuse, right? It's almost like I can step away now because, you know, again, it is illegal and I can't do this and I can't do that. But for those who are calling on practitioners to help them, for those who are continuing to assemble their leadership team and talk about what does this mean for us? How can we make sure this does not impact us from being able to do the work and do the work well? Those are the ones who are serious. And quite honestly, Dawn, those are the ones who I want knocking on my door, to be honest with you, you know? Right. So I, I'm seeing this as, as an opportunity and and I think that um, it sounds like you're seeing it as an opportunity as well. And we have to make sure that as practitioners, we're continuing to send a message of um, empowerment and not disempowerment. Right now, I have seen even too many practitioners or people that are doing this work within organizations to become so defeated. And I understand that it's a heavy weight to feel like your work is being attacked, right? And that your hands are being tied. But I truly believe that part of us overcoming this is our mindset of being empowered and not being disempowered by what we're hearing and seeing. We're always going to have these ebbs and flows because there's always going to be a subset of people that just don't believe in the value set of this work, period. Are we going to allow that to make us victims or are we still going to tread ahead and be victors out of this? And so, yeah, what a word. Thank you. <laughs> Thank yeah. for giving me that moment to go there because I think it's so very important. Okay, so I am not noticing, let's see, let me check the chat. I'm not noticing any hands that are raised right now. And so I'm, I'm thinking that people are just processing, they're taking it all in. I'm looking at the chat. Yes, um, Maxine Waters is all of our aunties. <laughs> so is our PP. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go to another question because we do have 10 minutes left and I, I want to maximize every bit of space and time that we have to be in community with you together today. And so part of like your ethos-driven leadership is really helping people to, and I love the language you used earlier, ascending leaders. So again, we all are leaders. Leadership is about influence. It's not necessarily about positionality or title. So I love the fact that your labeling of ascending leaders and not like emerging leaders is really helping to amplify that point. But what I would love for you to share with this community is any advice that you have for people that are just, you know, kind of in the early stages of really developing their leadership style, their leadership practices, how should they navigate their careers? Yeah. Um, well, first, I'd be remiss if I didn't say join a cohort, get in a community yeah. of doers and thinkers that can not only come along with you, but be with you. Um, so I hope that it that it happens with us because we'd love to have you, but we need squad, right? That's usually what is lacking for a lot of us is that we're in these spaces and we feel like we're isolated, we're the only ones. Right. Each one of us needs a personal boards of directors. We've heard this before, right? Dr. Nika and I are here on this call, but I will also call her and say, hey, I'm trying to do this with my business, or I'm coming across this wow, in my clients when my clients are struggling with this. Are you hearing that? That's being in community really with someone. So surround yeah. yourself with someone and then put this as put you, put this as a priority for yourself, for your personal development and for your professional development. And what I mean by that is we all have annual plans if you work for someone else, right? And if you work for yourself, right. you should have them for yourself. 
right? A lot of organizations have funding set aside that maybe you've never even tapped into. You're being held accountable for showing up as a leader within your organization. And so you need to figure out how it is that you're going to do that. Well, give them something to navigate and follow along with you. Take this opportunity and we will help you. Text us. We will help you write that letter to your boss or position the value proposition of you in this development Mm -hmm. um, and make this part of the investment of what you prioritize before the year is out, before your annual budget is spent. Consider um, investing in yourself in getting a community. I am a coach who was coached. My coach is probably on here. Elke, if you're here, um, but a couple of my coaches are probably on here. Jacqueline Twiley, um, a, a few coaches, right? Dr. Metzler, who I mentioned earlier, I have coaching relationships and I have official coaches. Um, so invest in yourself because that too will help you with your own um, wellness, and sense of wellness and allow for you to not make everything you do, going back to your purpose is not your productivity, give something back to you about redefining what your true purpose is so that you can work from there. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Yeah. And I would imagine, Dawn, that some of the people that will go through one of your cohorts, um, maybe they're in a situation to where their employer provides um, resources for like professional development and that the employers will actually maybe cover the cost of individuals. Are you seeing that as well for maybe some of the folks that go through your systems? Yes. Yes. Some folks are sponsored. Again, we started, I said, we're over mentored and under sponsored. Ask Mm. for the sponsorship. Part of the journey with BCing is understanding how to make the ask. And if you are in an executive or senior um, level, we often feel like we don't have anyone to ask. So ask yourself, put a line item in your budget. Are you managing P&L? Do you, are you telling your group that you want them to develop? So then demonstrate it authentically by demonstrating it yourself and doing this as well. You're on model. Absolutely. And for those that are in decision-making um, positions within your organizations that, you know, and you're considering, well, this this sounds great. I would certainly advocate for this being available to, to those that follow under my direct report or in my organization. What I want us to think about is what I hear often from a lot of those, those key leaders and organizations is that they don't have the time and the bandwidth to really coach and mentor and, and sponsor and work shoulder, walk shoulder to shoulder with other ascending leaders, right? And so what I would encourage you all to think about is, okay, if that's your situation and you don't have the time, then there are other options. Don't just stop there. You can um, provide the resources for them to be able to go and align with such a program like the one that Dawn has introduced and told us a lot about today. And so um, I think that's important. Sometimes we'll feel like our hands are tied because of, you know, a bandwidth or timing issue. I can't do that. And I don't want that to be an excuse for any of us. Okay. So Dawn, we have like, yeah, go ahead. I see a question in the chat. I don't know if you also see it, but I think I see it. um, Yeah. Oh, this is from Takia. Hi, Takia. Thanks. She's a a repeat visitor for our podcast and uh, one of our our client contacts. We appreciate you being here. Yeah. So the question is, what do you say when you have leaders that feel these types of trainings should be built in-house? Yeah, first, um, so at Belong by Dawn Christian, we reference things as learning journeys, not trainings. And that's intentional. Again, I'm big on lexicon and words because I'm not training you to be anything. I'm allowing you to to discover and uncover yourself, right? And leadership and belonging and wellness, these are behavioral um, competencies. And so To call them trainings is a misnomer. We have to practice them, live them, and breathe them. Not, um, I'm calling all of us up and not out by saying that so that we can start to absorb that for ourselves and understanding that. But for those, I've built this program in-house for clients and I can and I will. What we need to um, develop a cohort is at least four people that can go on this journey together. And so we can bring this in-house we can talk about what's needed in-house, but you can also advocate to Kia that what you need doesn't exist for you here. 
So lean in on whatever that reasoning is, whether it's your identity, whether you're the only one, maybe you need something um, additional that is not showing up in-house and say, yes, I understand that, but I know we have this in our practices and our policies about um, either reimbursement and or development, and I think this is worth it. I built an entire program internally for an organization that is still running um, because I had that conversation. What you're asking yeah. me for doesn't exist. Yeah, so Takia, that was a great question. Thank you. And I appreciate, Dawn, how you responded. And there's so much alignment. Now I know why you know we kind of immediately hit it off and we, we support and stay connected because at NWC, we talk often too about we don't use language like training. Training sounds like a destination. We tend to use language like learning experiences because we need multiple experiences to learn, unlearn, and relearn, right? And so I, I love the, the learning journey um, and how you talk about it as well. Um, I would add to that, you know, to, to, to Kia's question that, um, if there are people in-house that feel like it needs to be built in-house, then the question back to them would be, are we committed to ensuring that we are putting the resources and the investment towards um, ensuring that we have the expertise in-house that can do this and do this well? I think mm -hmm. that's why a mm -hmm. lot of organizations will seek outside help and support from people like Dawn, you know, because they realize that this is this is their sweet spot. This is in their wheelhouse. They know how to create these experiences, to roll them out, to execute. Why are we reinventing the wheel, right? And so um, that, that's what, what I would probably add to that. Mm -hmm. Dawn, this has been so great. Um, we have maybe like 60 seconds left, and I want to give you the honor of closing us out in whatever way that feels appropriate. If I have not asked you about something that you're feeling a lot of energy around and you want to socialize with this community, Community. I want to give you that chance to do it now. Yeah, I so appreciate all of this time and energy. And I think the thing that I will leave with you all is that this is an opportunity to claim and create belonging um, for yourself and for others, and that you are worth it, that you're this welcome. time that you're investing in yourself, whether it is you or your organization or someone um, in your board of directors that's willing to um, step up with you on this, um, you deserve a sense of belonging. You deserve humanity in the workplace and you are all the things. You are all the things. Um, and so I think that's probably the 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 thing that I need to say to you, I want to see you on the other side. Please text us. Please reach out. Um, and if not right now, then follow with us and we will make that um, journey together. We will partner with you to make that journey together. I think all you need to do is speak up. Oftentimes, people think that they wouldn't be supported, but you never ask. So make the ask to prioritize you. Um, I, I want us to reimagine leadership together by establishing belonging as a leadership competency, and I hope we're your partner in doing so. Absolutely. You've heard it here. Belong by Dawn. We shared all of her contact information into the chat, so make sure you're grabbing that. And write those love letters to yourself. I'm sure you will, will be glad that you did. Um, Dawn, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you Thank to each you. of you who spent some time with us today. We don't take that lightly. We look forward to seeing you in future weeks. Have a lovely and safe weekend, and we'll see you back here hopefully next Friday for another issue of Intentional Conversations podcast. Bye.